Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have you robbed me? In tithes and in offerings. Everybody say, tithes and offerings. He says, you are cursed with the curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So, how do you rob someone? You take what's theirs, right? And then he says in verse 10, the only place in the Bible where God says this to prove him. He says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. This is the storehouse. What's the storehouse? It's where you get meat, where you get fed. Amen? This is God's cupboard. And they're not there. That there may be meat in my house, and this is what it says, and prove me, or test me, to see, prove me now, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there, will be, there shall not be room enough to receive it. How many would like that blessing? Amen. Amen. So in, in your giving tonight, you may say, well, I'm already giving. Well, you know, you can give a little bit more. Amen. Amen. It's not going to hurt you. It's going to benefit you. Amen. So you can do that anytime. And if you're watching online, we just say welcome to you. And you can do the same too. Go to the website and you can do that as well. Father, I thank you that you have promised blessing and increase on every gift and giver. And we speak that now. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. All right, well, are you ready to get back into the Word? Yep. In our Faith for Miracles class, how many are, your, your miracles are becoming easier to obtain? Or easier to operate? I want you to picture yourself tonight as a kid in the candy shop. And... God brings you in his kingdom, and, and he's saying you can have anything that you want. Whatever you want, you can have. So be that kid in the candy shop with expectation and hope, and get all the candy that you can have. Because God's candy won't produce cavities. And last week, we talked about Miracles of provision, where God supernaturally supplied what was lacking. And we talked about how Egypt was plundered, and we talked about how uh, oil was increased, and uh, flour and oil sustained. And uh, I'm not going to talk about this tonight, but I just want to give you another uh, reference and... Uh, that's um, well, I don't have the I don't have where it's from, but it's the coin in the fish's mouth, and they paid the temple tax. And uh, here's some others. Uh, God brought water from the rock in Exodus 17. He brought manna from heaven in Exodus 16. Uh, a group of fishermen caught a huge amount of fish in Luke 5. 5,000 were fed in Matthew 14, and he turned water to wine in John 2. And tonight we're going to increase, and we're going to talk about miracles for deliverance. Miracles for deliverance. What, is, what does it mean to be delivered? It 
means to be supernaturally delivered from oppression, from a bad habit, from bad company, from controlling influences, from bondage. Anybody know someone that could be delivered from those things? Deliverance is always out of something and into something better. So let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 3. And as we continue to build faith for miracles, how does faith come? Hearing. And hearing by the word. How is faith released? Oh. By speaking the word of God. And taking action related to God's word. Say faith comes by hearing. And it is released by speaking and acting. Alright, let's go back to Exodus chapter 3. Probably the greatest miracles of deliverance occurred in the Exodus. So, we can learn a lot from how God delivered Israel from Egypt. The principles that he laid out in the greatest deliverance of all will give us keys to experience other ways of being delivered from other things. Alright, so you got your ears on tonight? Your heart is open? Alright, Exodus chapter 3, starting with verse 7. And uh, this is what God told Moses regarding deliverance. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. Okay? And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. I want you to notice, he personally promises that I am come down to deliver them. Now why didn't God just deliver them supernaturally and have everybody stay home? Because he needs our participation. Where do miracles work? In the midst of the people, among us, right? Say, so there's a miracle among us. Say, so there's a miracle with me. See, God works his miracles where his people are. Miracles are for people. And people are for miracles. Okay? So the Lord said, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good land, a land, a large land, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, and all the Hitlerites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come up unto me, does God hear your cries? Absolutely. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send you unto Pharaoh, that 
You may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Is it pretty clear what God wants to do? He wants to bring them out into something better, into something uh, that's more pleasant. Okay? And so he's here to bring them out. And the word deliver in this passage of scripture, God says, I can come down to deliver them. This word is the word uh, not saw. I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation because I'm not a Hebrew scholar. It means to strip, to plunder, to deliver oneself, or to be delivered. It means to snatch away. It means to deliver. To tear oneself away or to escape from. Or it means to be torn out and away. Okay? So here, here are some principles that we can learn from this. God sees the oppression. Or the affliction, the depression, the misery, and the poverty. Everybody say, God sees it. And, and God, what God sees, he has a solution to bring about. Okay? So God sees the oppression. God's not ignorant of what's going on. And then the Bible said, he hears their cry, or their outcry, their cry of distress, their, uh, their shriek. How many has ever heard the term, mayday? Mayday. It's a word around the world used to make a distress call via radio communications. Mayday signals a life-threatening emergency. Usually on a ship or a plane, although it may be used in a variety of other situations. Procedure calls for mayday distress signals to be said three times in a row. When, you, when you're shouting mayday, that means you need help now. You're in trouble. Bad things are about to happen. And God, the, the, the cry of the Israelites was like mayday in God's ears. They were crying out. Okay? Now, they were there for 400 years. It didn't start off bad. It started off good. Remember, they got there with Joseph. When they got to Egypt, there were 70 plus Joseph. Right? Jacob brought 70 people. They were ha hanging out in the land of Goshen. Everything was good. But then they started to multiply. And then a new king got into power. And he didn't even know who Joseph was. Now that's weird itself because Joseph was in all the history books of Egypt. Joseph saved Egypt. Joseph made Egypt extremely rich. There wasn't a history book or a record in the accounts of, of Egypt's history that Joseph wasn't included when he was there. And how could a king not know who Joseph was? And he started out of fear because he thought the Israelites might, because they're increasing so much, they might join their enemy and fight against us. So he started to oppress them. He enslaved them. Okay? And then God said that he knows that because of their taskmasters, 
The taskmasters were not pleasant. They were bad. What does it mean to be a taskmaster? It means to press. It means to drive or to exact. You know, have you ever heard the term exact revenge? To exact, exact something from someone. Right? It means to oppress. This is the word taskmaster. To throw down. This is what it means. To drive vehemently like you're driving cattle. It means to hard, to press hard, to harass, and to tyrannize. Does that sound like it's good? So this is the situation that they were in. There was oppression. And they began to cry out. And God knew their taskmaster, and he said, God knows their sorrows. That word sorrows means pain. It means grief. Physical and mental, mental pain, anguish and grief. So God says, I know your sorrows. I know what you're going through. Okay? And so God had a plan. And listen, God had a plan. His plan was to deliver them. How was he going to do it? He was going to send Moses. Moses was God's chosen vessel to bring deliverance to his people. Okay, that was God's plan. When God wants to work a miracle, he will always use a person. Amen? How many want to be that person that God would work a miracle through? Say, God... Here I am. Work one for me. Yeah, we got to position ourselves to not only be recipients of miracles, but to be performers of miracles. How do you do that? You just walk with God. Do you not wear the shoes of readiness? Are you not ready to give an answer for the hope that's within you to whoever who asks for you? We've got to be ready. As the people of God, we've got to be ready. Amen? Amen. And we've got to be listening to God. We've got to be walking with God. We've got, we, we got to be in tune with God. Because God wants you to either be a recipient or a performer of miracles. Okay? So God knew their sorrows. Alright, go to verse 12. Verse 12. He tells Moses, Suddenly, I will be with you. Is that encouraging? Are you encouraged by knowing that God is with you? And this shall be a token unto you or a sign unto you. In other words, God gave Moses guaranteed presence. When you know that God is with you, be ready for anything. Be ready for something that's not going to make sense to your mind. It may be illogical. If you watch Star Trek, Spock, that's highly illogical. Right? 
So Moses heard God say, I will certainly be with you. Guaranteed presence. This is what makes miracles flow out of God's presence. Okay? And he said that this will be a sign to you. Then he says in verse 14, And God said to Moses, I am that I am. He said, This shall you say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. God gave Moses a revelation of his name. He said, I am. That, that means it comes to pass. That means it's, I will be what I will be. That means I can do whatever needs to be done. That means I can make happen whatever needs to happen. See, God's deliverance is not always cut and dry. God does things on purpose for a purpose. Now, Moses and none of Israel would have thought that God would have delivered them the way he did. Right? But he is, I am that I am. I am existence. I'm different from all other existence. Oh my goodness. He stands unique. There is no God like our God. There is no name like the name of Jesus. No, no name has the power or the authority or the glory that it brings but the name of Jesus. I am that I am. There's no one beside me. I exist out of time. I'm the ancient of days. I always was, I always is, and I always will be. I'm an existence that's real. All other beings are shadowy. I'm independent and unconditioned existence. See, God doesn't need things from us, but there are things that He wants from us. He doesn't really need us. He can do things without us, but He wants us to participate with Him. He wants you to walk with Him. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to interact in your life. Every area of your life. Every aspect of it, your work, your playtime, your fun time, your family time. Just involve God in every way. Don't exclude God from any of your areas. Okay? In Revelation 1.8, this is what Jesus said of himself. Revelation 1.8. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. Everybody say the Almighty. Did you know that you got Almighty working for you? Almighty's working in your situation. Almighty's working things out. Amen. Everybody say Almighty. He is the all-sufficient, eternal, unchangeable God. 
When he said, I'll tell him that I am that I am, that's what he said. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.17, he said, now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Alright, Exodus 3.16. And God told Moses to tell them who he was. Alright, verse 16. He said this. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob, appeared unto me saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. God gave them a guaranteed promise. He said, tell them I appeared to you. He, he referred to the God of Abraham, Isaac, he referred to his covenant that he made. You know, God is a keeper of his word. Now you realize, 400 years passed Actually, 430 before Israel was delivered out of Egypt. Of course, like I said, the first few years were bad. But when it did get bad, oh, you know, God's going to do a miracle in our nation. But the key is, we don't need to be nervous. Say, God. Is working it all out. He is going to expose the evil and the deceit and the deception that has taken place. And he's going to restore the integrity of our privilege of voting. But you can't, listen, you're going to be tempted to get fearful. But you've got to resist it. Everybody say, fear go. Fear go. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, verses 19 to 21. God said this, And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. Everybody say, will not let you go. But then he said, Not by a mighty hand, and I will stretch out my hand. And smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst. See, now, everybody thinks that God's deliverance is immediate instance. And it is in some cases, but God was telling Moses, when you go tell him to deliver me, he's going to say no. What are you going to do in the face of discouragement? See, if, if God can get you discouraged, I'm, I'm sorry, if the devil can get you discouraged, then he can steal your miracle. Or he can prevent it from coming to pass. God was telling Moses, he's not going to let you go. And Moses struggled with this. He said... You know, if you read the story, he went and said, God, how come you're making Pharaoh, making it harder? Make, how come we have to deliver 
See, he's, he's talk, the devil's trying to get him in impatience. If the devil can get you in, in impatience, Bill, he's got you. You've got to keep your patience up. Patience is a fruit. Impatience is a, is a destructive root. Alright. Verse, okay, I will stretch up now. Verse 21. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. Alright? So God was providing great expectation. God said, when you go. He knew that deliverance was going to happen. The end result was that God will, the deliverance will occur. Amen? But see, you got to walk by faith and not by sight. That means you don't walk by your senses. Senses are indicators, but they're not leaders. Are you led by your your lights on your vehicle? No, they just tell you when something's wrong. Usually they don't say anything, which is good. It's good when your senses are silent, right? You only listen to your senses when they're saying something because something's out of order. Alright, Exodus chapter 4. Verse 2. Now, now, Moses was giving his excuses why God was wrong for choosing him. No one here has ever felt like you've been inadequate for what God has called you to do. I know that. So Moses was worried that they weren't going to believe him. He was a little bit insecure. Okay? God said, verse 2, Moses, or Exodus 4, verse 2, The Lord said unto Moses, What is in your hand? And he said, A rod. I have discovered something tonight. I always knew it was true, but now I discovered actual truth to back it up. Alright? So, what you need for a miracle, you already have. Yeah. Say, right now, I have everything I need for any miracle that God needs to do. He asked Moses what was in his hand. Right? God has already equipped you with everything that you need. Give me more, God. God says, I've already given it to you. Okay? So what was in his hand? It was a rod. A lightning rod. <laughs> this word, rod, I looked it up and I found my answer that I've always been longing for. Thank God. It is the word mata, M-A-T-T-E-H or M-A-T-T-A-H, and it means a staff, a rod, a shaft, a branch, or a tribe. And all those words describe a characteristic about Jesus. So the rod was the word. The word the word rod is the word mata. It means a staff, a rod, a shaft, a branch, 
or a tribe. Okay? Now, in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, the Bible says that there's going to come a rod out of Jesse. Right? And a rod and a branch. So Jesus is a rod and a branch. So what did Moses have in his hand? He had a rod. He had the word in his hand. He was equipped with the word. God has equipped you with the word. And that's all you need for the miracle. See, the word is the flint and the Holy Ghost is the striker. Okay? He talks about a rod and a branch in Isaiah 4.2, Jeremiah 23.5. Uh, Jeremiah 33, 15 and Zechariah 3, 8. Go to, go to Psalm 2, 9. We're going to come back to Exodus, but go to Psalm 2, 9 for a minute. Psalm 2, 9. Moses had a rod in his hand. Okay? Woo, this is good. I feel like Harry Stone. <laughs> Psalm 2, 9. Notice what it says. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Okay? Oh, go to, go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, the psalm that we all know. Look at this. Verse 4. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He is our rod. And he is our staff, the word and the spirit together. See, when you have the word, you have the spirit, because the spirit runs the word. He's the spirit of truth. They're in agreement, they're in harmony. Oh my goodness. Psalm 89, 32. Psalm 89, 32. Hallelujah. Listen to what this says. Psalm 89, verse 32. Then I will visit their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with rod. And who is Jesus? He's of the what? The tribe of Judah. Staff, rod, branch, tribe. The very meaning of the word rod all point to Jesus. When you have Jesus in your hand, you have him in your fingertips right now. Or if it's your device. You have what you need. You have all the ingredients right here for a miracle. You don't need any added ingredients. God's already given them to you. You are a walking miracle going somewhere to happen. You are a walking miracle going somewhere to explode. You are a walking miracle going somewhere to burst forth. Or break through. Oh my goodness. So what did Moses do with the rod? Go back to Exodus. Exodus. Oh, this is good. Uh, I saw this. Never saw it before until tonight. Exodus 4.3 He said... Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And look, the word of God is alive. 
See, when, when he had the rock in his hand and he cast it, it became something living. It became something active. It became something powerful. God's word is alive in your hands. You have got a live lightning rod that attracts the power of God. What attracts the power of God? The word. What releases the power of God? The word. Oh my goodness. That the rod, the stick became a serpent because the word is alive, quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. Go to Exodus chapter six. Exodus chapter six. This is the foundation because of, of, of the miracles of deliverance. Ten plagues that God did. Frogs, lice, gnat, flies, blood to uh, water to blood. Killing of the firstborn, locusts, all supernatural acts of God, all miracles to deliver God's people. It was like God was going, the devil. <laughs> Every one of those plagues mocked the gods of Israel, of the gods of Egypt. So God had to go through the process of showing who is God to the gods. That's why ten times let my people go. That's why every time Moses appeared before Pharaoh, Pharaoh couldn't arrest him. Pharaoh couldn't stop him. Pharaoh couldn't silence him. Why? He had a mandate from God. He had anointing from God to stand before the authorities and to speak God's word. And here's the thing. Moses had to keep saying, let my people go. Not just once, more than once. Sometimes you've got to speak the word of God more than once. Sometimes you've got to be able to say, it is written and it is also written. In other words, you've got to keep speaking the word even in the face of adversity. You've got to keep speaking the word in the face of worldly pressure. You've got to keep speaking the word in the presence of the demonic. And the devil will try to do stuff, right? They had snakes too. But God's miracles always swallow up the devil's works. God's miracles always swallow up the devil's works. And they can only do a few. They can only, they can only compete with God for a couple times. And then they're like, this is the finger of God. Okay? Exodus chapter 6, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall now shall you see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he shall let them go, and with a strong hand he shall drive them out of this land. See, God is using the driving force of Pharaoh to drive God's people out. He was driving them as slaves, now he's going to drive them out as free people. In other words, oh my goodness, God is using the enemy's weapon against them. He's using the enemy's weapon against them. Instead of driving them, he's going to drive them out. He's going to see how powerful and how strong 
strong God is that he's going to say, you, you go, 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 go. In other words, he, the strength of God is going to say that the enemy is going to run out of excuses why he can keep you oppressed. In other words, the enemy is going to say, I can't oppress you anymore, go. You, and he can't stop God from working. You don't get excited about that in here. And God spoke to Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appear unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. See, the, the revelation of God is progressive. What he makes known in one instance he might make something else known in another instance. So, what does that tell us? You've got to keep walking with God to stay fresh. Do you realize you can't, you can't live on stale manna? You've got to get God's fresh. What is God, who is God in this moment? Yeah, God was this here, but who is God now? Amen? And only as you walk with God are you going to get that fresh perspective of who God is right now. It's not who He was, it's, it's I am. Amen? Verse 4, I have also established my covenant with them to give them that land of Canaan. Listen, when God covenants to give you something just for seeing, don't feel bad about who, who you're getting it from. Don't feel bad about the Canaanites. They had their chance to repent. They just didn't. Amen? Someone's unrepentance is your good opportunity. Don't feel bad about the ites. That, that'll preach. Don't feel bad about the ites. All those ites that are on your stuff, on your promises, on your possessions, there's some ites that have occupied what belongs to you. And it's up to you to go face that ice and take it back in the name of Jesus. You've got the right and the might to fight the ice. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Alright? Verse 5. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. He always remembers his word. Wherefore, say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will rid you out of their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments. Those are all deliverance miracle terms. And I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God. See, God brings you out of a mess so you can start a relationship. God brings you out from under so that you can be an overcomer. This is what God does. He didn't bring you out so that you could go back into that mess. And he certainly didn't bring you out to do nothing for him. 
That's not like God's going to exert all that strength and power so that you can do nothing for Him. He expected Israel to live for Him. Amen? God's like saying, I did all that work. I'm I'm making an investment in you. He says, I'm going to get a return on my investment. Why? God's a smart businessman. Smartest businessman ever. Verse 7, and I will take you to me for a people, and I will be to you a God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, which brings you out from under. Oh, say, I'm, out, I'm coming out from under. Woo, that's good. I'm coming out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And verse 8, and I will bring you into the land concerning that which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, and I will give it to you for a heritage, for I am the Lord. Say, God's got something for me. Alright, so he exercised deliverance. He delivered Israel from the Midianites in Gideon with 300 men versus an innumerable army. That's a great deliverance. He delivered Five king's armies into Abraham's hands with 318 men. That's a great deliverance. God delivered Jehoshaphat from Ammon, Moab, and others. And they had to show up. That's a great deliverance. Amen? Go with me to Acts 5. I want to look at two other instances before we close tonight. Acts chapter 5 and then Acts chapter 12. Acts 5 and Acts 12. Acts 5 verse 17. Actually, Let's start with verse 12. Acts 5, 12. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. Everybody say many signs and wonders. Many. Where were they done? Among, among the people. Everybody say many. many. How many miracles does God do? Many. many. As many as are needed. Many. You realize some places need more miracles than others. Why? Some people got bigger messes than others. The bigger the mess, the greater the miracle. And they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest dare no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them. Verse 14, and believers were the more added to the Lord. Everybody say believers added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women. Let's say multitudes. multitudes. Say multitudes, multitudes are being added to BCF. Amen. Yeah. Hey multitudes. Do you guys have a multitude mentality or do you have a minor mentality? Or let me put you do you have a minute mentality or do you have a multitude mentality? Amen. I'm in the right place. Okay? In 
so verse 15, insomuch that they brought forth the sick in, unto the streets and laid them on the beds of couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. Now, it doesn't say directly that the shadow of Peter healed them, but people thought that it might. Okay? Verse 16, There came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks, and them which were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were what? How many? Everyone. All of them. Amen? Say, God heals everyone. Okay, now, verse 17. Then the high priest rose up. What's happened? He's getting jealous. The religious mindset is getting jealous of the success of God's kingdom. And all that they had were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees. You know why they were Sadducees? Because they didn't believe in the resurrection. That's why they were Sadducees. Alright? And were filled with indignation. People are getting born again. People are getting set free. People are getting delivered. People are getting healed. And these guys are getting mad. That's why there's no miracles in religion. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power. We're not religious here. And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. What are you in for? Oh, I got, I got so-and-so healed. What are you in for? My church is growing. Sounds like President Trump, you know. He's, he's being the best president ever, and people want to, they, they got indignation against him. That shows you what kind of heart they have. But the angel of the Lord, everybody said the angel of the Lord. By night, he opened the prison doors. Where did he get the key? He has all the keys. And brought them forth and said, Go and stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. Listen, when God needs to get his message out, he'll get his people out. Say, bars can't hold me. The devil can't stop me. And religion won't keep me confined. Verse 21. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning. Let me say early. They just got out of prison. And the angel, the guards didn't know what happened. It was so awesome, so incredible. <laughs> the angel just went in, opened the door, and said, Boys, let's go. Okay? So they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called to the council together, and all the senates of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. Verse 22, But when the officers came and found them not in prison, they returned and said, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without the, before the doors, but when we had opened, we found no man within. You talk about a miracle. 
The angels know how to go behind enemy lines undetected. The devil doesn't know what God does until he does it. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Verse 24, Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted whereunto this would, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Then they came and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison, now this was more than one, are standing in the temple and teaching the people. <laughs> then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. You don't mess with God's people. So, then they brought them and said, didn't we tell you don't preach? And then, he said, well, I'm still going to preach. Alright? Okay, one more. Acts chapter 12. <laughs> Acts chapter 12. We're t- what are we talking about? Miracles of deliverance. Have you ever been in a place where you needed deliverance from? You know, people who are bound by drugs need deliverance. People who are bound by sex need deliverance. People can be bound by a lot of things. A person can be bound with gossip. They're always a backbiter. What do they do? They, they bite behind your back. That's what a backbiter does. They need deliverance. People stuck in a place. They need deliverance. God is a deliverer. He brings miracles of deliverance. Greatest, the greatest show on earth is God's deliverance. Alright, Acts chapter 12. Verse 5. Well, better start with one. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain in the church. You know, the enemy wants to vex you. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. That was Peter's fishing partners. James and John, son of Zebedee. He killed them with the sword. What happened to James? He went into sudden glory. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter. Also, then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison. And delivered him unto the four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. Intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. I mean, he's put him in, got a group of soldiers around him. Peter's not getting out, right? God said, watch this. <laughs> Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing. Everybody say prayer. prayer. 
That what are they doing? They're tapping into the miracle, wonder-working power of God. They're praying to God. Our prayers matter, amen. We have a voice and God wants us to use it. That's one of our weapons. When you don't know what to do, you can pray. And then God will tell you what to do. Prayer was made how? How was prayer made? Without ceasing. You go to a prayer meeting, which is going to be over. Come to a prayer meeting, oh, I got that roast in that oven, I hope it doesn't burn. Listen, sometimes if you want a miracle, you've got to pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Pray until something happens. You got enough faith to pray without ceasing? Or, or is the body of Christ too lazy to do that these days? Prayer without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping. Everybody say he was sleeping. <laughs> would you be nervous in the prison or would you have enough confidence in God to rest? He was sleeping between two soldiers, <laughs> bound with two chains, and the keeper before the door kept the prison. Two guards here, Peter in the middle, he's chained, and there's a, two guards on the door. Okay? And behold, look, <laughs> the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smoked Peter on the side. Peter, wake up! <laughs> Peter's just... These things, these men are snoring between two soldiers. The soldiers are sleeping. And the angel's got to wake him up. Peter, get up! He's got to jab him in the side. Peter, I got work for you to do. Get up, pal. Get up, man. And he raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. Oh my goodness, when you rise up, your chains will fall. Miracle. Chains just falling off. Angels showing up. Light in the prison. And the devil doesn't know what's going on. That's a miracle. And the angel said unto him, Gird yourself and bind on your sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast your garments about you and follow me. Listen, when it's time to move, you've got to be ready to move. Amen? When the angel says it's time to get up and go, you've got to get up and go. Peter's like, Can I have some coffee or something? And he went and followed him. How many know you need God's participation? The church is praying and Peter is participating. All to, so God can perform his miracle. And he went out and followed him and he knew, he didn't know that it was true. Which was not by He thought he was seeing a vision. He thought he was dreaming. Instead of time to make the donuts, time to get out of prison. <laughs> Okay? Alright. When they were past the first 
reward. They came unto the iron gate that leads unto the city, which opened to them of its own accord. God's miracles open closed doors. It makes a way where there wasn't a way. It creates a stir in the atmosphere. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me out of the hand of Herod. And from all expectation of the people of the Jews. So when the enemy's got a plan to destroy you, God's got a plan to rescue you. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. We say many. Alright? And Peter knocked on the door of the gate. A damsel came to hearken the name of Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. They said to her, You're mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. They said, then, then said they, it is his angel. That's funny. But Peter continued knocking and they opened the door and saw him and they were astonished. Well, that's what they were praying for. My goodness. They're astonished that their prayers got in. Oh my goodness, God answered my prayers. How amazing is that? Do you see how the miracles of deliverance took place? There was instruction. There was presence from heaven. There were things that were that were naturally impossible that became possible when the supernatural came in contact with it. And God delivered his people. God delivered Peter, God delivered the apostles, all with miracles. Every one of them was miraculous. Amen? And God wants you to have miracles too. If you feel like you've been stuck in a rut, you're coming out of that rut tonight in the name of Jesus. I believe that God is sending his angel and he's opening doors. And the minute you rise up, your chains are going to fall off that have kept you bound. Amen? And you're going to be, the freer you, the you're going to be the most free you've ever been. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Glory to God. Can I believe for miracles? If miracles are in the Word, you can believe for it. Yes. How do I know when I need a miracle? You know. When you've reached the point where you don't know how you're going to do it, you don't know how it can be done, you need a miracle. Amen. And then you just align yourself with God and let Him do the miracle. Let Him do the miracle how He wants to do it. You know, they never dictated how God should deliver the people. They just participated with the deliverance. Say everything I need for any miracle that I may need.